You're listening to the Fuse Chamber Podcast, where you get the elite mindsets and skills to ignite your voice and build your audience. I'm your host, Chris Williams, and I want to help you live the life you really want. Hello again, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Fuse Chamber Podcast. Here's a question you might have. How can I become one of those fearless people who kicks ass at everything they do? There's a ton of advice out there on how to become more confident, but none of it really works for me. So if you have that question, I have an answer for you. But first, let's remember why we're here. To create the next generation of leaders in arts, business, and community. An elite tribe of powerful, successful professionals who redefine how artists and entrepreneurs can do what they really want to do with their lives, full of passion and without compromise. What works is what has always worked, always will. I'll show you who you have to become in order to win, and I'll be here to inspire you each and every week so that you stay inspired and stay driven. This investment of 15 minutes a week will create habits that will forever change your life and career. What is confidence? Self-assurance, fearlessness, and the belief that one can handle any challenge and accomplish whatever they set out to do. And you know a confident person when you see them because they seem to stand taller, walk prouder, and loom larger than anyone else. They make everything seem so effortless. They know what they're doing. You can trust them, and you want to follow them. And hey, it's not an illusion. Confident people get things done because they don't back away from the hard challenges. They might feel fear, but they don't show it. They're in control of their bodies and minds and approach life without hesitation, yet they're not reckless or foolish. Now, here's the truth that most people don't want to admit. The world loves confident people. Did you ever hear the saying, fortune favors the bold? It's not fortune. It's people that favor bold people. When you take risks... People stand back and respect and admire your courage. The winner's circle is filled with brave people who understand that confidence is just table stakes for playing in the big leagues. The world will be generally pretty graceful to someone who takes risks and falls on their face, but they'll be merciless toward those who don't believe in themselves enough to take their shot. Nobody will help you because you're too scared to try. And every day that you delay putting yourself fully out there, you're delaying the life you have always wanted to live. And there is a point at which it becomes too late. So if you want to become a leader, a respected voice in the arts, community, or business, confidence is 110% essential. If you don't have it, you're going to have to get it. You need to get out there and in front of challenge, adversity, and fear so you can take your shot. 
you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Wayne Gretzky. Now, confidence is often treated like courage, and while that's very true, there's an underlying assumption that confidence is something that's summoned at a time when it's most needed. That a massive amount of will can suddenly be applied to make us confident and courageous at just the right time. But the truth is this. Confidence comes from values. Consider these examples. Number one, would you walk across a 20-foot 4x4 laying on the ground? Well, what about if the same beam was laying across the roof of two 30-story buildings? Would you walk across the beam to get to the other side? What if the other building's on fire and your child is over there? Does that change things? Number two, if you dropped your sandwich on the street, would you jump out to get it? Well, what if a bus was rolling towards you less than five meters away? What if it was your grandmother on the street instead of the sandwich? Number three, would you choose to live your life on the world stage where literally everyone on earth knew your name? Well, what if you knew that 99% of them hated you and threatened you every day? What if your place on that stage was to fight climate change or world hunger? You may have noticed that the only way your answer would be yes to any of these questions is if the thing you value is more important than your own life, your safety, your security, your reputation. Therefore, if your reason is good enough, nothing is too risky. So you need to understand that confidence can only come from a place where the thing you are risking is worth less than the thing you are chasing. If you don't have a strong sense of purpose, you'll never have a good enough reason to risk your job, your image, your life, anything. And one qualifier, if your reason for doing something is inherently self-centered, so to get rich, to look good, to impress others, to draw attention to yourself, to be famous, you will always struggle and you're highly likely to fail. Purpose and vision give you the following things related to confidence. Number one, they give you something to live and die by. Something so important to you that it lives at your core. It inspires and motivates you through the most difficult times. It keeps you focused. It keeps you thirsty for new challenges and eternal learning and improvement. No cost seems too great. By contrast, your fears, while still very real, by the way, will seem insignificant in comparison. Number two, a sense of certainty that does not rely on the approval of others. You see, rejection is such a dominant fear that it's actually one of the root causes of lack of confidence. Think about it. But if you didn't worry about what others think and say, because you're so certain of your purpose, if you're so certain of your rightness, then becoming confident becomes logically much, much easier. Number three, a recognition that anything worth having is going to involve compromise and suffering to a certain extent. With a strong sense of purpose, you're prepared for challenges, you're prepared for failure. 
but because you know there is no cost too great to living a life of fulfillment, you tend not to worry about the bumps and bruises as much. It's not as scary. Number four, you get a sense of have to rather than just want to. In terms of the reason why you get up and do what you do every day, and that's a powerful difference. Number five, there's a great sense of abundance in selflessness. You see, if you're motivated by selfish things, then having that house, that career, that girlfriend or boyfriend, that possession becomes all-consuming because you become focused on the things you want because you think they'll make you happy. If you start, however, from a place of service, you realize that your mission is to serve your community, to improve the world, to create a great life with a great partner, then there's no single job, no single possession, no single person that you must have in order to be whole. And this completely eliminates the panic we feel when we try to get those things and suddenly become aware that we might not get them. And we attach too much negative meaning and value to their scarcity. Does that sound familiar? You become so focused on the thing you want that it ends up eluding you. When what you want to do is serve the world, serve others, there is no shortage of people. There is no shortage of things. There's no shortage of places where you can apply that gift. It never comes down to one person, one thing, or one place. Now let's recap on how you create a vision or purpose for yourself. If you haven't already, go back and listen to episode three on vision. Set one up for yourself. Figure out who you serve and why you serve them. What's your reason for doing what you want to do? It might help to picture how the world will be better because you gave your gift. Will you have entertained people? made them forget their troubles and differences? Or did you speak for cultural or political change? Did you become the soundtrack or wallpaper to the lives of many or even just a few? Did you educate, enlighten, or spread compassion? And once you've come up with your vision and a sense of who you serve and why you serve them, create a list of your values. Things that you absolutely will do and will not do. And then think about what it means to live your life in alignment with your purpose and values. What part scares you? Do these new visions and values mean that you'll have to express unpopular viewpoints, speak to polarizing issues? Is your authentic self on the fringes of what's considered popular or even acceptable? Or maybe you'll have to reconfigure your job so you can travel or work at home during the day. Would you have to quit the family business or drop out of school? Would you move across the country? Will you have to ask for a bank loan or go to an audition or speak to people in places of authority and ask them to look at or listen to your art or your performance? Will you have to stand on a stage in front of people and put yourself up for judgment? Will you have to put your work out there? on the walls of galleries or on the shelves of bookstores 
where other people can see it, touch it, and judge it? What if you fail? Well, one or all of these will scare you. But as you look at your new purpose, you know you absolutely have to do it. Despite the potential for harm, despite the potential for rejection, despite the possibility that you have so much work to do in order to be the best. What are the steps for building confidence? Well, once you have this great purpose and these wonderful values squared away, check in on your purpose frequently. Best thing to do, write it out longhand every day or make it your screensaver so you can see it every time you sit at your computer or speak it out loud in private or in public, but touch base with it every day as a constant reminder and recommitment to who you are, who you serve, and what you stand for. But now you have to build confidence around those visions and values in the real world. You need exposure. You need a chance to put that vision and those values to the test. And the only way to do that is through repeated exposure to what you fear. Here's where the digital world can really help you out. You can put your music, your book, your performance, your art, your viewpoints out there. Let's say you're into photography. There's a place you can publish that. Do you write poetry? Publish it yourself. Don't wait to be discovered. Are you a performer? Tape your performances, put them on YouTube. You can show your artwork online too, your crafts, your screenplay, your comic book. It doesn't matter what you make. Put it up there, even if you have an audience of zero. I'll talk more about the value of shipping early and often in an upcoming episode. Number three, retrain your brain around failure. When you do encounter failure, greet them as learning experiences. Because you only fail when you have gaps in your game, something that needs work. And the universe just showed you what those gaps are so that you can work harder and become an ace. What will you do with that opportunity? Number four, quick reminder, practice your craft though. Don't shy away from the hard work of getting better at the skills required to overcome your fear. Being confident without being competent is just arrogant, and that's not the same thing. So thinking that you're the best drummer in the world without spending the time in the woodshed, working away at your craft, getting better, that's not going to help you build confidence. Number five, when you can't practice your craft in person, it turns out that visualizing or imagining the task in your mind provides almost as much benefit. So mentally rehearsing difficult or fearful situations, seeing yourself working through challenges calmly and smoothly actually provides tremendous benefit. Google the word visualization to learn more about it. Number six, when things get scary, don't forget to breathe. Sending fresh oxygenated blood to the brain not only reminds it that you are not in fact in mortal danger, It also allows your brain to recenter and refocus on problem solving. Number seven, listen very carefully to the story that you tell yourself. Do you hear yourself saying, you don't deserve this? Or, you're not good enough? Or, you're just not cut out for this? 
Now that's pure nonsense. There's no such thing as a limit imposed on you by the universe. So learn to shut down those conversations when they happen. They want you to quit. Do you know where those voices come from, by the way? They're your own mind trying to protect yourself from mortal harm. However, there's no mortal harm in publishing your photographs or submitting your poetry to a literary journal. The evolutionary feature has no use in modern life. So turn off these thoughts and replace them with statements that affirm your ability, your worth, your infinite capacity. Number eight, remember what your vision and values are for. When things get scary, when you feel yourself ready to make excuses and quit, shy away from hard challenges, recite that vision. Remember why you are here. Remember that you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. The world needs you to stay in the game. So use your vision and your purpose as a trigger to turn around and get back in there. Number nine, finally, at the end of each day, reflect on your progress. Did you find one opportunity to be brave, to face your fear? And how did it go? Did you fail? If so, harvest the learning opportunity, figure out what you need to improve on, and focus on improving. Be genuinely grateful for the teaching. Don't think of it as failure. But if you didn't fail, well, next time you'll be just a little more confident, won't you? Because now you have proof that it is, in fact, not impossible that you can do it, that you do deserve it, that you belong here, that victory is your birthright. So this is how you get confidence. Inspiring and motivating yourself with a strong vision and relentless focused practice to immerse yourself, followed by intelligent reflection and course correction, and then repeat, repeat, repeat. Now tell me in two weeks if you don't see some small improvement. In eight weeks, you'll see significant change. And in six months, that change will be massive. Others will notice. And before you know it, you are the person you always wished you could be. Friends, thanks for listening. You can reach out at FuseChamber.com or find me on Twitter at FuseChamber. Come in for some more insight and coaching next week. I'll see you then.